Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. But Lord, we just continue in this uh, vein of worship. Lord, we're just so thankful for Brother David and Sister Leah, Lord, and their ministry. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in those times where you just feel so near to us, Lord. Uh, God, just thank you on a Friday night we can gather and be together and have you, Jesus, at the center. Lord, and and, uh, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters in this place and those who've tuned in via uh, Facebook and those who will listen to the recording, Lord. God, we're just grateful for what you're going to do tonight, Lord. So Holy Spirit, teach us the truth. Teach us your word. Make known these truths to our heart tonight, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Good to see everyone tonight. I'm telling you, I just love being in this place. I, I love getting into worship and getting in the word with other real human beings. <laughs> I mean, nothing against technology if you're watching, but man, I love being in the room with people who love Jesus, and I just want to keep doing this for a long time, till the end, if the Lord lets me. It's very cool. But uh, I apologize, I don't have physical notes, but you can look these up online. I have them posted right now on our website um, at gphop.org slash teachings. So they're out there right now. Uh, if you, you want to, you, people do their smartphone or whatever, but uh, they're out there. But I'm titling tonight's message, Giving Your All to Jesus. Giving Your All to Jesus. And I was real struck a few weeks ago. I was having a prayer time and I was just really struck in a fresh way by the story uh, that we're going to read tonight. It's actually in two different Gospels. One in Mark and one in Luke, but it's about the poor woman who puts the two coins in the offering and Jesus is like, she put in more than everyone. And it's such a startling statement and I wanted to, I wanted to look into this because Jesus said that she put in all, she gave all. And Jesus doesn't say about many people they gave all, but he says it about this woman and that to me is a very interesting comment. Of all the people he could have said, this person gave their all to me, or to the Lord, however you want to look at that, he highlights this particular person. So let's read this here in Mark, and we'll look at it in Luke as well. It's pretty much the same verbiage, but in Mark 12, 41, and I messed that up, Mark 12, 41, 41 to 44, that's the passage we're going through. Mark 12, 41 to 44, it says, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money in the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Verse 42, then one poor widow came and threw in two mites 
which makes a quadrans, that's a Roman form of currency, very, very small amount of money that we'll talk about in a little bit. So he called his disciples to himself. This is a teachable moment. Calls his disciples to himself and said to them, and I love when he does the assuredly thing, assuredly, we don't say that, for real, this is what the translation is in our day, for real, guys, I tell you, you know, that whatever, how we would say that now, assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Mark, uh, I mean, in Luke, we we have essentially the same, uh, pretty much the same verbiage there. There's not a lot of difference in detail, so I won't I won't read through that, but I want to just give a little commentary on the story for just a moment. There's so many neat layers to this story, and then we'll get into a few applications toward the end, and I'll try to land the plane at about 8.30, okay? So just get, hold, hold me accountable to that. Throw a, tomatoes at me or something if I go over. Um, but what's neat about this uh, story in particular is, is uh, first of all, let's, let's look at the, uh, the scenery Jesus is sitting in a particular part of the Jerusalem temple or Herod's temple. He's actually in what's called the the women's quarters or the the hall of women, where if you walk in essentially through the front gate or the front door of the temple, there is an area where women can go in and then cannot go any further. Only men are allowed to past a certain point and so this this kind of initial square is where women would be and in this particular location they have 12 or 13 I can't remember how many uh, there's a dozen or there's 13 of these shofar shaped receptacles that people literally just put coins in and there's all kinds of writings and information on that I don't want to get too much into that but that's where people gave money that was the treasury And so, first of all, Jesus is not far into the temple where he'd only interact with men. In fact, earlier in the passage, he was in the area that was for Gentiles, non-Jews. So there's parts of the temple where Gentiles, like at the perimeter, Gentiles were allowed somewhat close to it. And then women were allowed a little further. And then, then there's only Jews were allowed into a certain portion after that and then it just it keeps getting smaller and smaller till only the high priest can get into a certain point and even he has to wear like a rope in case he dies in the presence of God and they can pull him out this is real and so there's this sense of there's this narrowing kind of you know type of person that can get into the holy of holies and and praise God because Jesus died for us now we can all go into the holy holy of God's presence and that's another sermon But first of all, what I find interesting is Jesus, he's in this hall of, uh, you know, what do they call it? I think I have it written down somewhere, uh, down under like number four or five, but it's the quarters for women or hall of women or something like that. I can't remember where I wrote that, but it, it was where they were allowed to be in the temple. And I think it's really interesting because he's going to use one of the most vulnerable people in society then 
and one of the most vulnerable people that would be in our society today, someone who is impoverished and someone who is a widow and someone who is a woman, that culture in particular would say, what an unfortunate turn of events. And Jesus goes, that's the person I'm going to tell everyone about that gave their all. That's the person I'm going to pick. And I want to just say off the bat, that says a lot about Jesus. Because Jesus, all through his ministry and still today, loves to give dignity to those who were very vulnerable and who were least deserving of it in terms of what society would say. You know, oh, that poor person or that you know, a poor lady over there, they, you know, the, the rabbis and the scribes, they would look down on that person. Jesus is going, you know what, I want you to get understanding of my heart. I want you to know that I see this woman and I'm going to teach a lesson. And he even calls his guys to himself and he gives him a little bit of a teaching on, I just, I just want you to know that this lady, there's a hair, got that. This lady, when I read this story, I get the sense when Jesus calls his guys over to himself and teaches his disciples about her, I feel like he's giving them a lesson in in leadership. And he's saying, guys, you're going to interact with a lot of people who are poor. You're going to interact with a lot of people who have leprosy or, you know, medical conditions. And you're going to meet a lot of outcasts. And you are not to be like religious leaders that cast them away. You are to see the dignity in them. And you're to see the the lessons in their lives. And you're to teach about that. And this is what Jesus did all through his ministry. It was the... You know, I remember the, uh, the scene with Mary of Bethany who breaks the perfume at his feet and everybody was so offended, but Jesus was like, hey, she did a good thing for me. And he commends her. He commends this woman here. He, throughout his ministry, commended all the wrong people, so to speak, but to teach us a lesson of, of what's right. <clears throat> and so we find ourselves in this context of he's in the temple He's strategically in the women's quarters ministering to, uh, you know, wanting to interact not just with men, but with men and women to teach an important lesson. That's very important uh, because even today in the church, there's much discussion about what's the role of men and what's the role of women, and there's a lot of heated debate. But I want us to look at what Jesus did a lot with, uh, with his ministry. He uh, elevated the status of women. And he gave dignity to them. And the more vulnerable they were, I remember the story where the lady who had the issue of blood and, you know, who touched me? And, you know, people are like, everybody's touching you. And he's like, no, no, there was one lady who like really touched me and the power of God came out of my life. And he brought dignity to this woman who had been so hurt for so long. And so I want you to just begin to see that thread through the Gospels. Jesus has this heart for people who are impoverished and broken and and are in a difficult circumstance. He does not get cozy with the rich and the famous at all. (laughs) In fact, he has a lot of strong words for the religious Pharisees, those who are steeped in hypocrisy. And he has very kind words for those who are in need of mercy and dignity. And make sure that in your ministry, 
you do likewise. Be like Jesus. Don't just rub elbows with people who have a name or who have money or means. Those are the people that generally need reproof the most. There are so many more people who are barely scraping by, have been in pain their whole life, and they're wondering, what does God think of me? They really are. Like I've been in, I've had medical issues my whole life. I have no money. Surely I missed it. And Jesus wants to go, no, I want to make you an example of faith, of your giving your all. Now, if Jesus doesn't teach this to his guys, they go on thinking, eh, that poor lady, she probably missed it somewhere and didn't take Dave Ramsey's class. And so just, oh, boo-hoo her. And you know what I mean? I think it's really interesting. Jesus didn't tell his guys to go give her her money. He told his guys to learn. He told his guys to look at what I see when I see her. And we don't really know how Jesus knew what he knew. It could have been prophetically. He could have just discerned it by the Holy Spirit. Or he could have known this woman. And this woman could have been kind of, you know, how there's always in the city, there's that one person in town that we all know that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Mandy, you know who I'm talking about. The one guy we see all over town. Um, we, I don't know what his name is. But he's just kind of like the guy that, the, the, one, the homeless guy you kind of, everybody knows. You get what I'm saying? So maybe this lady was like that. I don't know. We don't really know how Jesus knew about her. But he knew that she was poor. Could have been how she was dressed. Could have been what receptacle she put money into. There's, there's debate as to how people give. Some say that when, when you gave in that culture, you would announce what you're giving. And so people would know, whoa, that was a big gift. Or someone would say, I got two quadrants or two mites. And people would say, oh my gosh, that's nothing. You know, I don't really know what happened back then. There's all sorts of debate on what really happened in the, there's, you know, no one lived then. But we know that, you know, she comes up there, she puts in her two mites. And Jesus makes this incredible statement. All these rich people are putting in out of their abundance, but she put in everything. She gave all. She put in all of her livelihood. As I did a little bit of research, the amount of money she had was enough for one meal. And she just gave it all away. And Jesus looks at her, realizes she gave the rest of her livelihood, which amounted to one meal, so like five bucks to get a happy meal is like what she gave. And he says, I tell you, she gave more than all the rich people. I want to ask you something. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Do you believe that Jesus has a different economic standard than the world? Because, and I'm, I, this, is, this is completely just for free off the notes. What the world says is big gifts is when like all the billionaires give a few million to like the college and so they build like an extra building and we go, whoa, millions of dollars. But Jesus goes, well, if they're a billionaire and they give a few million, that's nothing. They're giving out of their abundance. Sure, it's generous. I mean, it's sure it's millions. But when you compare it to someone who gave everything, it's nothing compared to that. And so Jesus has these, these scales and 
two little coins, it's everything, versus a lot, but you have way more. He goes, that right there is what moves heaven. And that's what gets my attention, says the Lord. Jesus isn't looking throughout the earth going, man, if only the billionaires gave a few more million, then, you know, then stuff could really happen. What he's really looking for is people like us who don't really have that much to just give all of our heart to him. And whatever that means financially or with our talents or with our, you know, our gifts or in our prayer life, if, if, if we have something to give generously to the Lord of that, that's what moves him. He's not waiting for us to be billionaires so that we can give tens of millions. He, he's just going, whatever you have, whatever resource I've given to you, be generous with that. Love me with that. Don't tell yourself, well, I'm not rich, or I don't have this talent, or I don't have that. Just give it to the Lord. Amen. Just give it to the Lord, and he'll do so much with that. Now, here's the thing. Um, I, could, I don't want to go too much on, to, on this commentary here, but first of all, when we think of, we read the story and we go, oh, yeah, the poor woman. Poor. We tend to think in terms of what we understand as poverty in America. Poverty in America is nothing like poverty back then or in much of the world. Poverty in America is there's still many systems in place to help you. You know, po- this, the poverty we're talking about, when it says poor, think Yemen poor or Syria poor or, or Haiti, where there is literally nothing. If you have one meal, there, there is no like assistance down the road. And there is no democracy over you going, oh, we're, we have a little outreach to poor widows, so just come on Wednesday and we'll get you, you know, your next meal. They don't have anything we have today. And many people today in various countries live in abject poverty. There is no hope of getting food. I mean, this is everywhere. And and I just want us to connect to, you know, this woman and the heart of God for her and, and also people around the world who live like this woman. So there is real poverty in America, but it's different than most of the world. When you think of Venezuela or you think of... You know, parts of many countries, part throughout the Middle East. When we say poor, meaning they have no water and no food and, and no timetable on how to get that. And, you know, you sometimes see commercials that exploit that and make you feel bad. But the reality is there's just people all over the world living like this. So this, this widow, this poor widow, not only is she in dire poverty, lost her spouse at some point. And so she's just really... Just try to put yourself in that situation. That's really intense. And isn't it so neat of the Lord to highlight her? It doesn't highlight the rich scribe, doesn't highlight John the Baptist, doesn't highlight, you know, all the people. Lord, you're going to do a teaching on giving your all. Who are you going to pick? Is it, is it John and Peter and Paul? And he goes, ah, see this lady over here that just put in two pennies? Yeah, what about her? She gave all, man. She really gave everything she had. And, and what's interesting is she, having done that, demonstrated, I trust God to take care of me more than my money to take care of me. Because <laughs> she obviously had nothing at that point. 
And when you really get to the point that you trust God to take care of you more than your money to take care of you, you start taking care of your money pretty good. You start making right decisions. You start living good. You start, and it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. Once you're at that level of trust, money's no longer an issue. You're so free with it. You can just give it away and you end up, God blesses you back. I'm so all over my notes, but you don't know that because you don't got the notes. It was tricky of me to do that. I love how Jesus, he makes an, exa- he makes an example of women. He makes an example uh, of impoverished women. He makes an example of widowed women. And he basically, with one, with one stone of revelation, touches on all these categories. Sometimes this is what happens. Uh, and I don't, I don't, know where people are at sometimes when I share this stuff. I just want you to know the heart of Jesus is he, he really loves men and women equally. Men aren't above women, okay? And I don't know what you've been told. They are equal in God's sight, equal in dignity, equal in glory. And if you're a poor woman or you're a widowed woman or you're rich and married, whatever you are, he really loves you. And he will use you. Just give your all to him. That's all he's looking for. He gave his all at the cross. He held nothing back. And so he calls us to give our all to him. What we think because of our culture is there are certain people who get God's favor and there's many others who can't because of finances and what happened to me and I did this bad thing. And he goes, no, look at the story. If the person that is the most vulnerable and overlooked gets commended, how much more anybody else? Does that make sense? So he's teaching us. He was teaching his disciples then. He wanted them to understand that vulnerable people in society can move the heart of God. You know, we need to see people like Jesus, the, the, the poor, the rich, the middle class, the homeless guy, the person with a mansion or whatever, they're all loved by the Lord. They all have their unique challenges, but we should never get to the place where we start to categorize, eh, I don't know if the Lord can move in that person's life. They don't have much money or they dress weird or this or that. No, no, in, in, in God's kingdom, anybody's welcome. In fact, Jesus said many times, I mean, all throughout the gospels, he he really came down heavy on religious leaders and said, there are prostitutes, there are tax collectors, there are people you're overlooking thinking they have no chance in the Lord that are going to get into the kingdom before you guys. He spoke highly of children. He spoke highly of vulnerable people. He spoke highly of uh, this widowed woman, the people who, you know, religious leaders were like, no, nah, there's only really like one cast and we're that cast. We're the ones that, and he, he shifted that pretty, pretty dramatically. He leveled the playing field. Hopefully this is going to make a few points before I end here. Kind of just going around the, around the notes here, but excuse me. Um, Jesus sees what we really give. He knows who is cheerfully lavishing all of their little 
while seeking to love God, and he knows who is begrudgingly withholding most of their much while seeking to impress people. He knows everything. He knows what you and I really give, not just financially in every category, and that's kind of humbling. We are not what we look like on social media. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like we... We try to put all these fancy things on our pictures to make it look like this. And, the, and you know, we live in the age of influencers and there's so much that is so fake. And, and God wants us to know, I really see. I see directly through like a laser. I know who is giving the most. And sometimes the people giving the most are the ones that no one would ever think because they don't have much. And then there's others, it looks like, oh my goodness, that person has it going on. They've got so much resource. And the Lord says, well, actually what I see is they're giving so little. They have so little faith. And so yes, they have this, but they're giving this tiny amount. Be like this poor widow. She might not have had very good theological understanding. She was certainly not educated. She probably didn't have a job. She probably lived a very difficult life and those are the people that jesus says i'm going to teach a theology lesson on this lady right here you need to learn her life she had it she was doing it she was living it even though everything was against her she pleased the lord I'm not against theology i'm not i mean i'm not against uh, i'm just saying sometimes you can have every box checked except giving your all to the Lord. And, and, and if you're going to have every box checked except that one, it's just not worth it. Give all to the Lord. Don't hold back. And, and you know what? Also, don't live for the praise of man. Don't, don't go, don't, just, just get, move on from that one. Jesus wants everyone to know that despite your financial or your social circumstances, you can give your all to him and that moves him. Notice he saw this woman. There's only one person he really picks out in this whole area. It was the lady who gave her all. Now, this doesn't mean you give 100% of your paycheck every month. This doesn't mean that you stop paying your bills. It doesn't mean that you become irresponsible, but there are times where you're like, Lord, I just love you. I want to do this in faith. And you do it in whatever way. It might be you give extra time to prayer. It might mean you give extra time to evangelism. It might mean you give financially. It could mean whatever the Spirit impresses upon you. But get in the habit of just saying, Jesus, I love you. I know I don't have to prove it at all, but because I love you, I just want to give my all to you. And whatever that looks like. It may be using your talents more responsibly. It may, it, who knows what it means to you? But for this woman, she's like, I just love God. I'm going to give everything, even though it's two pennies. It's one meal. I'm going to put that in there. And it was all of a sudden like the Lord's like, ooh, I see that. She didn't earn anything. But she got God's attention. And here's the thing. It's no different today. You give your all. It's like the Lord's like, I see you. I, I see you. You are so beloved to me. And again, we're not doing this to earn the Lord's love. It's just we know how much he loves us. We love him. And so we just live different. We live in a way that doesn't make sense to a lot of people in the world or even in the church. 
I can assure you, I have seen this is real in doing house of prayer for the last seven to eight years. There have been so many moments where there was nothing to give. We were so broke, we could not see a way forward and we just kept giving our all to the Lord, doing as much as we knew to do. And just breakthrough after breakthrough has happened through the months and years and he sustained us to this day. And we're just gonna keep doing it. And whoever else is interested in that, <laughs> you know, we just keep going. We do it together. Oh my, he is just so good. Let me just share one last couple thoughts. Jesus sees, Jesus knows, and Jesus calls. Let me just read this. We can think that our little contribution to the kingdom goes unnoticed. We can think that. When we give financially, our prayers, our ministry to others, it can all seem very insignificant. How marvelous that not only does Jesus see the poor woman, but that he, he goes on to use her as an eminent example of one who gave their all. Likewise, remember that Jesus not only sees what you give, but that it moves him and he's using it to inspire others to give their all. So you might think, whatever I'm doing, my little prayer I do on Tuesday, my tithe I give, etc., cetera, et cetera it, it, it might seem insignificant. But when you're giving your all, when you're giving your honest all, he does see it and he does use it to inspire others and you may never even know how many people are touched by your obedience and your love for him. Just like this woman was probably shocked to find out that her story was in the Bible. You know what I mean? She gets to heaven, oh my goodness, I'm in the book of Luke and wow. Like, I don't know if she found out then or when she went to heaven, but she's like, I had no idea that that was so moving to you. You know, she probably didn't know, and we don't know all the, the ways the Lord's whispering to others and spreading the word about what you're doing because you love him. It's touching others. It really is. I mean, if this woman who is completely a nobody in that society makes the Bible, he's going to, you know, share a little bit about you guys as you, as you love him. Your story is going to get out to, to inspire others to love Jesus. Jesus knows your situation. He knows what you've been through. Jesus, uh, just as he was aware of the impoverished condition of the, uh, and the widowed state of the woman, he knows us deeply. He knows your past. He knows what you've gone through. He knows everything that's set against you. And he wants us, uh, he wants us to give our all to him because in, the, in that abandonment, we experience the most meaningful, fruitful, and rewarding life. Sorry, I'm just reading off my notes here. I wrote it better than I can say it. He doesn't want you to see your lack in any area as an excuse not to give your all, and he does not want us to see our much in any area as an excuse to not give our all. So whether you have much or whether you have little, don't use that as an excuse. Some people say, well, I, when I get my career in order and I get a little more money and I'll do a little bit of this and then I'll do a little bit, and you know, you just start today. You start giving your all, and whatever that means, you say, Lord, how, how does loving all, with all of my strength, with my finances, what's that look like? And what does it look like to love you with all my soul and heart and, and, and in prayer, what's that look like? And in worship and church attendance and, you know, all the way down the list, what's it look like to love you with, with all of me? He'll, he'll talk to you. And, and normally what he does 
is he says, start here and just work your way up over time. You know, it's kind of like the weightlifter. You don't start just benching 500 pounds. But if you really want to get in shape, you do about 150, and then, you know, you, over time you get up to 200 and then up to 250, and you just keep working over the years. Our love for the Lord grows over time. So we just start, God, I want to be all yours. How do I do that? Well, you just, you know, in the area of finances, just let me in. Area of relationships, let me in. Forgiveness, you know, there's a hundred, you know, whatever. And what I like to tell people is Jesus isn't usually talking to us about a hundred issues, even though there are a hundred issues. He usually highlights one or two every season. And he says, in this season, I'm really wanting you to talk to me about this and this. And it's usually one or two things that he's really emphasizing. And then in the next season, it'll be one or two others. And over 25 years, you've addressed a hundred major things. And you, you can be really mature by then if you're just slowly working on a couple little things. But if we go the other direction and go, ah, it's not worth it, then we just don't grow that much. But I want to grow. I want to be deeper in the Lord in 25 years. So Jesus sees, Jesus knows, and Jesus calls. Knowing that we are seen and known motivates us to move beyond the going through the motions kind of Christianity, the whatever Christianity. No, we're disciples. We're bought by the blood of Jesus. He died on the cross of Calvary to redeem us. If he did that, I want to give my all to him. Like, I'm not interested in, in the, you know, just kind of whatever for the rest of my life. What? Like, I don't want to stand before God with that at the end of my life. So knowing that he sees, like, my honest effort to love him, he sees that, he knows everything, that motivates me. And so the question that I want to leave tonight with all of us is where could, where could we be giving him more of our all? Like this woman, and she might not have even known she was, she just is like, man, I trust God with my finance. I'm just going to give him this last two coins. Think about that. Where could I be giving more of my all to the Lord? Because he gave his all to us. He calls us to give our all to him. Are there areas where I'm withholding? Are there areas... eh, and it's okay. I mean, we all do that. Like, there's no one that just fully nailed it their whole life. And Jesus did, but the rest of us don't. But are there areas where we could let go a little more and fully release it to the Lord and have that greater sense of, oh, he sees that. He's moved by that. And just talk to you and the Lord about that. I'm going to close in prayer and just think about that for a moment. And then uh, I'll have us just get a partner to pray into for just a moment. But let me pray. Heavenly Father, we've looked at your word tonight. And we just want to love Jesus with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. We want to love you even more today than we did yesterday, the month before, the year before. And Lord, we're struck by this, this woman that you've highlighted. Lord, we want to give all like her. And we want to be leaders that recognize that, that's, that that moves you when we see it in others. And so, God, we just ask that you would put this value system in our hearts. We want to be like this woman, Lord, who she maybe not even, she didn't maybe know what to do. And so she just gave it to you, Lord. She became an incredible lesson to so many who've read the scriptures. 
and to us today. Lord, if there are areas where we could give more of our heart to you, whisper that to us, Holy Spirit. Not out of condemnation, not out of legalistic striving, not out of trying to do, you know, some kind of, to to impress you, but, but because we love you because of what you've done for us on the cross, because of the the love you've shown us. Help us to love you in return, Lord. And so, God, I pray tonight that you'd begin to just show us how can we give you our all? How can this house of prayer give you our all in this season, though we don't have much? And how can the churches throughout our city serve you with their all, even in this unique time, Lord? Help us, Lord, not to be those who just give a little bit of our lot, but to give everything. Help us, Father. Help us to live at that level of love with big hearts, true worshipers, giving everything, Lord. Truly abandoned. Lord, that is the meaningful life. That is the good life. That is the fruitful, rewarding life that we all want, God. And so we thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.